the Ben and Matt Sportscast. I'm Ben Glicksman with my tag team partner, Matt Story, and I am not in the uh, same sad tone of voice that I was last week. I remember week. that, <laughs> yes. I, that was uh, only, what, five nights ago, and, and, and it, it sounded bad. Yeah. It was, But it was therapeutic for us. I think we needed that talk to just kind of let it all out. Yeah, you you have to get through yeah. what yeah. you're dealing with. And, oh, yeah. and we were dealing with some stuff. Right, right. And, uh-huh. and complex complex emotions because it wasn't just like, oh, we just lost a great quarterback or like it, it's it's difficult to put a finger on why that was bothersome, but it was bothersome because it's just a it's a symptom of a larger problem. Exactly. It's 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 indicative of just how much the program's falling apart, you know, when yeah. when you know, when the reports come out and it seems we've you know, really backed Jane Daniels hard. Right, right, right. And the and this is the not only that it happens, but the timing of when it happens and you just right. you know Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean it's just it's uh it's tough. So do we do we wanna I mean you're 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 bringing up football. Do we wanna touch on Doug Haller's article today about the reasons why you keep Herm Edwards? And what yeah. you thought of that? Let's start there. I think it was an interesting article. Um, I I hate to start on the negative, but the the piece of it I disagree with is the player loyalty piece because yeah, I think the same argument that applies of well, you'll have a coach applies right. to you. You'll have some players there You'll will be people players. who will want to take your division one power five scholarship i agree and, and the notion that it's just going to be like a mass exodus i mean could could we have lost more guys but you know than what we've lost yeah probably if you make a head coaching change maybe you have a handful more but you know there's also like you have to consider the reality of like there's only so many scholarships out there at other places you mm-hmm. know to, it's not it's not a free-for-all. You only get so many scholarships total. You only get so many you can add per year. I think they've, they've upped that to, what, 30 or 35 now mm-hmm. this year with the, you know, but it's still like, you know, there's the, the grass is not always greener. And so you think like, well, you're going to have 60 guys leave. No, you're not. I mean, we've had, what, six, seven, eight guys leave. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, maybe it would have been 10 to 12. Uh, and, and, you know, that might have hurt, but but it you also know, yeah. creates rotation. I guess right. I I understand the point that sure. there is there is a bit of a devil you know. I I think that yeah. it is a bit of a straw man when you compare it to like well Arizona basketball didn't fire Sean Miller in the right. wake of their controversy. It's like, well, Sean Miller was winning and they were recruiting well. Right. You know, right. And, I mean, you it know, tailed a bit, but it didn't it you know, it didn't tail badly. Well, and also, um, you if you look around at what happened to the you know to the rest of the program and things like mm-hmm. Herm has lost the confidence of the public. It seems by and large, where whereas yeah. you know, Sean Miller still had the the fans. He did, he did, which, I mean, you and I talked about that as that story unfolded over the years, and, and I didn't quite understand why, in a way, uh, especially as the years passed, but but he did. He had the, 
you know, it was, it was almost a sense of, um, I mean, the way I, the way I felt it was at least was like a, you know, we're closing ranks behind our guy. Mm-hmm. He, you know, he's, he's got his flaws and, you know, but, but he's our guy. And I was like, well, was he really your guy? I mean, he wasn't a local, he wasn't an alum. He, he hadn't led them to a final four or a national championship or anything, but it, that's just kind of how it felt. Um, and yeah, I don't feel that way with ASU fans right now. There does not seem to be a feeling of, Hey, you know, uh, the old animal house, you know, only we can do that to our pledges sort of feel. It doesn't, doesn't feel like that. Like we're, we're letting everybody take shots and we're happy to do it too, mm-hmm. uh, as a fan base. And I mean, he made some good points, obviously, you know, he, he made the point about, you know, the number of jobs that were open this year and mm-hmm. changed and, you know, you're not going to be at the top of that hierarchy with, you know, Oklahoma, Notre Dame, LSU, Florida, Washington, USC, as it turned out, I mean, all those jobs come open. Mm-hmm. Um, but you also maybe, won't, uh, you know, I don't think the program is going to be in a better spot next season. No, I, and I was going to say, I mean, so you're by that point, you're basically just hoping that there's less big-time jobs open next year, mm-hmm. which could be. I mean, there's only so many big-time programs, and you would you would imagine, barring some crazy you know happenings, that anybody who hired a new coach in the last year or two, that won't be coming open. And, mm-hmm. and you go back to last year, there were some changes, too, and... So, I mean, you know, but you're right. I, I mean, it just because, you know, those jobs aren't open doesn't mean that you're going to have the pick of the litter and every, you know, top coach is going to say, I want to come to ASU. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I thought the article was fairly, fairly reasoned in the sense that I, I think, you know, you could tell there wasn't there wasn't a tremendous amount of passion behind it. Like, you know, hey, it really makes sense to keep this guy because X, Y, Z. It was more like, eh, kind of makes sense. Here's a few reasons why it might make sense. Like, yeah, okay, it, sure. it felt like, you know, what it was, which is here's an explainer for everyone who's wondering, including sure. us, why why not just make the change? Sure, you know, sure. here's it the was, reason. It was, yeah, and it's it was one a, less yeah. year on a on a buyout. Although, a buyout. although you yeah. tell me how they don't fire him for cause at the end. Well, um, I mean, and and, that, and it did make that point too that mm-hmm. you know you're you're almost trying to wait to have that or maybe wait him out to resign. You know, I, I think I said this to you last week or the week before, like you, you wonder if you, if you really, you know, if you gave Herb some, some truth serum and said, if you could go back to December 1st of 2021 and, you know, say I'm retiring after that Arizona game, mm-hmm. would he, you know, you know, I'm going to retire. I'm going to coach the bowl game, but then I'm, I'm done. Would, would he do that? Cause it's, it's gotten worse since then. I think he probably, well, I don't know. I don't know him at all, but I, I, I would, I wonder if he might be thinking like, gosh, I, I should have walked away with my head held somewhat high. Yeah. There's definitely some aspects of that I'm feeling as well that, you know, maybe this is it. And, and I wonder if, yeah. and maybe this is partly the difference between, you know, another difference between U of A basketball and ASU football is, you know, yes, book Richardson was gone, but Book Richardson was gone because he got charged with a federal crime. And they otherwise just refused to acknowledge it or talk about it, whereas ASU immediately suspended three guys, then fired two more, or or let two more resign, I guess. two more gone, yeah. And so it's like, okay, well... You know, it's tough to... It's tough to say the NCAA is going to find nothing when you basically are acknowledging that there's a lot... Acknowledging there's something, right. Right. True. I mean, and I, I agree. I mean, the comparison and that, you know, I mean, 
I don't think he was necessarily equating them 100. percent They're not. They're not an exact comparison. I mean, Arizona basketball has has had you know greater success more recently than ASU football, um, and that builds a sort of a, you know a territorial fan base that you know um, you know rallies to the defenses. And and you know when this all went down first, they had DeAndre Ayton. They had a team that at least looked capable of you know getting to a Final Four. They didn't. But they, you know, mm-hmm. they look capable of that. So it's easy to sort of rally and say, "Hey, don't, don't, don't mess with our guy. We don't have that." I mean, if if we had, if we had a team coming back of several, you know, all conference guys and all American candidates, I think you might see more of that. Like, oh, big deal, get off Herb's back. You know, he knows what he's doing. But when you see the talent start to erode, you know, and a, and a barely disappointing 2021 with probably the best talent we're going to have under him that's where it gets disappointing and, and you don't see that rally to his defenses. Yeah. Uh, one team that did rally, uh, was ASU basketball, which, yeah, you, know, you know, a moderately decent stretch here. Yeah. Look, it's the, it's the opposite of last year's team. There was no quit in this team. They, you know, no, they played hard. No. They, they battled back last night against UCLA to make it a, you know, one, a one possession game, briefly in the second half midway through the second half yeah we're within two points and you know yeah i mean it's been a it's been a better stretch the last month or so um you know i mean they took took usc to the wire here beat ucla um you know got beat pretty soundly by arizona but that was the third game in five nights and kind of the air was out of the balloon it felt like but you know then ugly performance at washington but then you know three straight wins and a pretty good effort last night i mean it's just you know it's it's too little too late to, to really make any noise but but yeah there's there's at least some signs of life which i i guess is better than it felt in december when we scored 29 points in a game and like jace what where do we go from here yeah and i do think this is a another credit to doug haller moment but he's the one who said it's like look eventually they will shoot again like they can't you can't be that bad that long on offense with this much (laughs) offensive talent and it and it took longer than it should have but they did build back and you know am i gonna talk myself into austin nunez you better believe it uh (laughs) yeah yeah i mean you know that's the thing you made this point in the offseason and i i it it was it, it was a good one and it stuck with me for months now is like I wasn't sure what to expect from this year. I wasn't sure what the expectation of success was. And you kind of said like, well, if it's not the tournament, you know, you're going to be rebuilding this team again. And that's the frustrating thing is you look at, you know, where we were in December to where we are now. And it feels like, okay, yeah, there has been some growth, some improvement, but you know, there's, there's going to be a lot of rebuild again. And so it's like, man, I, you know, I felt like we had a team of a bunch of freshmen and sophomores be different a different feel to, to this right now yeah but when um, you got a bunch of one-year transfers and fifth-year seniors or sixth-year senior i guess right Come on, maybe he's fifth year yeah uh you know five years of actual playing you know it's like well okay this is great but again it's too little too late for this season mm-hmm. um and and so then you say well are you building something for 23 uh, i mean what are you building you're gonna be waving goodbye to half the contributors on this team if not more yeah i mean you're gonna have I, I think Graham has progressed well. Yeah. And yeah. he has a year left, I believe, maybe two. I think with so. With COVID. But I think, I think, I think it's, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
the one year that doesn't count against him. Yeah. Yeah, so. and so then you've got him, Boyachi, mm-hmm. Nunez coming back or coming. Yeah. You know. The, so I'm trying to remember what the transfer like. Jackson, I think, is a senior, right? He's Jackson's done. a senior. Mah- Luther Muhammad is a senior. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Gaffney uh, is. Gaffney's not a senior. Horn and Heath, I believe. I believe Heath was a senior. Yeah, I uh, think one one is one. But isn't, Horn is. I, I think Horn has a year left. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, so there's there's a few pieces back, but you know, not enough to feel like, wow, okay, we're. I mean, again, I don't want to overstate. You know, the last month, it's not like we've turned into uh, you know the final four contender for next year if we could keep the same roster, but. Still, you'd you'd look at it and think well, maybe we could be a a tournament caliber team if you you know bring back the same group, but that's not going to happen. And and key mm-hmm. contributors too. It's not just like you know okay you're taking the seventh man and taking it you know. But Kamani Lawrence a big part of things. Yeah. Um. And, you know, Mary Jackson's been a big part of things. It's like those guys are gone, and so then then what? But well, and the know, the I, test I, does yeah. become with the guys who are coming back. Will this new coaching staff behind Hurley, right, be able to get improvement? And and, and that's got to be the the hope, you mm-hmm. know. And and you got to land, you know, you got to get in the transfer portal again. I mean, that's just it's kind of the way it is. Like, okay, you got the Nunez kid, and hopefully he's good, but that alone isn't enough. You're going to have to go get you know two or three transfers again, and 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 hope they can assimilate themselves quickly, maybe quicker than this group did when you had you know so much adjustment and it like, you know, it just, it was ugly to start. Um, and, and we'll see. I mean, I, you know, I think the, the verdict is very likely that Hurley's going to be back again, unless he leaves of his own accord, unless he, you know, gets another job. He pulls a shock of smart as we've discussed and, you know, finds higher ground to go to, but yeah. I don't think he's being fired. And, and so, you know, uh, I mean, am I super thrilled about that? not really i'm not like you know oh man i'm totally back all in on the bobby hurley experience but uh, you know i'm i'm not i'm not as down on it as say i was you know uh tracy smith and you Mm -hmm. know like the feeling of like oh we are just what are we doing here you know yeah i I think if you get what i'm curious about is kimbrough appears to be the x's and o's coach and justice is the recruiting coach Uh Uh i I'm very curious to see what happens with Joel Justice having a full year, or I guess I should say a full offseason, to, you know, mine the transfer portal. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, can you get a, a couple of more, you know, bigger transfers than what you got this year? I mean, we did okay. But yeah. if you can, you know, land a couple of, of you know, gem-type players who come in, and, and they'll be there. There, you know, that's yeah. the thing. I mean, well, because and be remember, he was recruiting at Kentucky. So if there's right. a guy who's a freshman at Kentucky who's not playing, didn't get the time he wanted, which there seems to be one or two every year that yeah. falls into that category. It's like, wow, that guy was a big recruit, didn't really work for him there, so he's looking for you know destination number two. Like, yeah, that that's certainly something we should be alert to. Um, the last thing before we get into our off-season topics yes um the handshake line Jawan howard greg guard um Jawan howard suspended for the rest of the regular season after uh 
swinging at and connecting with a Wisconsin assistant after words were exchanged in the handshake line. Um, a, a, not Jawan Howard's first rodeo with a handshake no. line problem. And Mark Turgeon last year, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. This time he was upset that guard called a timeout with his backups in, but at the same time, Howard was pressing the backups. Right. Um, right. You know, does it really matter who was right and wrong coaching wise there? Probably not, especially in no. the fallout of what happened. Yeah. Um, but what's clear is this was instigated by the coaches and not instigated oh, yeah. by the players. Right. Um, right. I am. It's weird. So he's suspended for the rest of the regular season, which is five games. He's yeah. not suspended for the Big Ten tournament. He's not suspended for any postseason at this point. Right. Um, right. I suspect from from the you know national media talking heads who I follow on Twitter that this it appears that this was a deal worked out with between Michigan and the Big Ten, and I'm very curious to know what is the non-public part of the deal. Is it you know? zero tolerance the rest of the way on his tenure is it a you know i know there's a big fine for him and you know guard got fined no suspension for guard but guard got fined and and players got suspended wisconsin had one and michigan had two i'm just very curious because it seems like if this was january uh suspended for the rest of the regular season is a big deal saying it now it just sounds like a bigger deal than saying he's suspended for five games. It does. Sure. Sure. You know, yeah. The, um, the optics of it, as they say, you know, um, and, and, you know, I also saw, you know, of course headline, you know, suspended for the rest of the season. Like, no, he's not. He's suspended for five games, which is the rest of their regular season. Now, personally, I I think that's, I think that's sufficient. I mean, uh, you know, I I think we gotta, you know, keep it in some perspective. Was it a, was it an immature, response by him yes and and if i'm um, you know if i'm a power broker at michigan i'm sitting down with him and saying look man you're not you're not a player anymore you mm-hmm. can't react emotionally it's sort of the same things we've talked about with bobby hurley like you you got to grow up you got to be more mature we you know like you are looking to you to be the head coach mm-hmm. you're not on the bench of the miami heat anymore um but i you know i also don't think it's I don't think it's the end of the world. I mean, is it immature? Yes. Does he deserve punishment? Yes. But, you know, it, I mean, he didn't, he didn't, you know, pull out a gun and shoot somebody or anything either. I don't think he needed to be fired or, or suspended any further than that. That's just my thought. I, I'm i on the same page as you. My, I guess where I want to take our conversation is the absurd suggestions that come in it's like well does this mean we have to yeah. do away with the handshake lines like no oh God. i'm like, totally with you just ridiculous yeah yeah i mean like we should we should do I'm, away with coaching that's what we should do away with because <laughs> yeah, if yeah, if juan I mean, howard's not a coach he's not allowed on the bench and he can't start that so right right i mean you know now if you want to if you want to make the point that you know just from a bigger picture you use this to take it to a bigger picture like i mean you know Look at the other sports. Do we do, do we do post game handshakes for football? But I mean, but the head coaches do. <laughs> the head coaches do. Um, you know, but the whole team doesn't meet and you know and all that. Like 
is it is it a, a, maybe an antiquated tradition or something? I, I suppose. I mean, but but yeah, I'm I'm totally agreeing with you that like this incident should not be like oh well we just I mean first of all like the argument is almost like well head coaches can't control themselves so we'll do you know like I mean learn to control yourself that's that's part of the job. Secondly, this is what one incident out of how many games have been played just this season. Yeah. Like it's not like this is an every other game happening where, oh my God, there's fights all the time in this handshake line and we got to do something about it. You know, it's it's an incident. There's some nastiness. There's some tension. Uh, you know, it, you're right. It's not Juwan Howard's first trip down this. And, and and to me, that's the biggest thing that comes out of this. It's just like, I mean, he, could, he can look across the athletic department and see his fellow head coach, Jim Harbaugh, who's kind of taking some of those lessons, you know, like the way Jim Harbaugh was when he first got to Michigan in 2015, he's not that way anymore. Mm-hmm. He doesn't do the, you know, the tweeting at people. He doesn't because, you know, like you've got to mature and, and you got to like, let some of that stuff go. And I think he has, and it's benefited him. And I think it'll benefit Juwan Howard. If he realizes like, you gotta grow up a little bit. I'm in a different role than I was for 20 years as a player. And, and I got to, you know, I'm the leader of men now. I'm not just a guy who's, you know, going to step to you, step to you if you disrespect me. That's, that's not how mm-hmm. it is. Yeah. And, and look, there's coaches all have, you know, you talked about watching Dan Hurley get two T's and get ejected. There are things right, you can right. do. You can be animated. You can do things. There's just no reason for the physicality. And look, if you're clearly you're comfortable getting fined either way. So you might as well go to the post game press conference and just air out your problems with what he did, yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and you can create yeah. a friendly rivalry that way. Sure. If the, sure. you know, I you know, we we saw it firsthand with Sumlin and Graham. They just couldn't stand each other. Right. Yeah. Right. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, we 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 saw it. I think over time a little bit with with um, Hurley and Sean Miller. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't think there was any love lost there, you know. Um, and, and yeah, that's okay. I mean, that's what keeps things fun. We want rivalry. We want, you know. I think if this had been nothing but jawing, we would have. First of all, wouldn't have gotten much notice. Secondly, we'd have already forgotten about it. You know, you can't. You can't swing at somebody. You just mm-hmm. can't. It's. It's. You know. It sets a bad example. It's again. I go back to what we've talked about with Hurley and and his constant complaining. And he's toned it down to his, to his credit. He has toned it down some, but early on in his time, it was like, you're setting the, you're setting the pace for your team by basically saying anytime something goes wrong, it's the official's fault. What was the doc rivers Clippers? Yes. Yes, exactly. You know, we lose well as somebody else is to blame. And like, you know, especially with college kids, I think that's even easier to sort of become the mentality of your team. Well, we're, we're getting beat by 10. Well, it's because we didn't get the calls. Not because we didn't play well enough or we didn't practice well enough. No, nope, it's somebody else's fault. And, it, and and this isn't that, but it but what it does is it gives license to your players to lose to lose control too. You mm-hmm. know, if I don't have to maintain control, well, you know, why should my players? Mm-hmm. So yeah, he's he's you know, but he's a young coach. There's room to grow. Again, you know, Jim Harbaugh has done it, and Bobby mm-hmm. Hurley's done it. Now has it maybe limited some of his success. I don't know, but, but he has comported himself better. He still loses his mind at times, mm-hmm. but it's not an every night occurrence like it used to be. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. We'll see. But I, I completely agree. Like we don't, this doesn't need to be um, some big picture change to how sports are handled or like sometimes, 
sometimes an incident is just an incident. Yeah. And you punish the people involved, and then you move on. Yeah, and it's I, not I a referendum on the on the sport. <laughs> no, no. So I mean, like sometimes those things, I, I I enjoy doing those. Like, boy, is this a symptom of a bigger problem? And if it is, I, I enjoy breaking it down, and you know. But then other times, it's like sometimes something just happened, and you deal with it, and then you move on from it. And I think mm-hmm. that's what this is. Yeah. Exactly. Um. So with that, let's pivot to one of our off-season topics, and we will get into the myriad of things, including you know ASU football teams historically. And, oh yeah, uh, yeah. We should. Re- yeah, that's right. We can restart that sometime. I don't know where we left off. We can. Twenty ten, twenty eleven, something like that. Yeah. And put the bow on the uh, Jaden Daniels era, where I think he just lands with Manny Wilkins, and that's fine. Probably. Probably. Yeah. We we can. We could discuss that at greater depth at some point, I suppose, uh, as the offseason wanes. But yeah, we'll, we'll do that. Uh, but today we're going to talk about quarterbacks. And Matt, this was your idea, so why don't you lay it out? Yeah, so I'll say it was inspired by at the end, of, you know, near the end of the season, uh, Ben Roethlisberger was clearly going to retire. He hadn't said officially, but he was clearly going to retire. And, you know, there was some, uh, the Monday Night Football game, there was some discussion over who's the, you know, who's the greatest Steelers quarterback? Is it Bradshaw or is it Roethlisberger? And of course, you know, I started thinking, well, what do I think of that? And then I thought, all right, kind of break it down every franchise. Some of them are really easy, I feel like. Pretty mm-hmm. obvious choice. Some of them are hard because there's a couple of great ones or three great ones. Some of them are hard because there's no great ones. So my thought was, you know, let's, let's go Super Bowl era to kind of keep it realistic for us. It's hard to compare the 1940s to, you know, whatever. So if you played during the Super Bowl era and go through every franchise and, you know, we don't have to agree. I think most of them we probably will end up agreeing because some of them are obvious. But, uh, you know, who's who's the greatest quarterback of the Super Bowl era for each franchise? All right. Um, we're going to just probably, depending on time, we're probably just going to hit the AFC today. But we're going to start in the AFC East because I think this is the easiest one. I think all four are pretty straightforward. Yeah. yeah. So tell me yours, and I'll tell you if I agree. So Dolphins, Marino. Yep. Bills, Jim Kelly. Yep. Patriots, Tom Brady. Yep. And then Jets, Joe Namath. Joe Namath. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for varying reasons, I think it's pretty obvious. I mean, Brady at the Patriots is yeah, pretty obvious. Kelly with the Bills, pretty obvious. Mm-hmm. I mean, Greasy won two Super Bowls with the Dolphins, and Marino didn't win any. But Marino's the better quarterback. Mm-hmm. I think that's pretty. pretty I, I mean, dry. to me, that's the that's the closest one. That's the closest one, and it's but, not you know, that close. It's not that close. No, no, and and you know, Namath was was up and down, but they just they really haven't had anybody since who gets anywhere close. I mean, like mm-hmm. Namath's resume isn't impeccable per se, but they you know they've had some like Chad Pennington. You know, Chad Pennington had a decent run. Sanchez got off to a good start, then it flamed out. You know, uh, Ken O'Brien had a nice little run in the '80s, but but nobody that got anywhere close. And, and Namath is, I mean, Namath is New York Jets football. I, I, he's yeah. the you know still 50 years later, you know, the image of the New York Jets is Joe Namath running off the field after Super Bowl three. Mm-hmm. That could be that could be good or bad if you're a Jets fan. You could interpret that either way, but that's. That's Jets football. So, yeah, I think that's a pretty easy division to go through. Um, so I, I want to do one point of clarification, which I it occurs to me as we're saying this. 
The Ravens are the Ravens, but the yes. Titans are also the Oilers. Correct, correct. We'll okay. do it by the way the NFL looks. So the Ravens franchise starts with 19, what, 95 or whatever year yeah. they moved. So that's as far back as we're going. The, the Colts encompass the Baltimore Colts. Mm-hmm. And yes, the Titans encompass the Houston Oilers. I think that's that's how the NFL views it. So we'll treat it that way. Okay, good. I'm I'm glad we're we're on the same yes. page. So essentially, the Ravens are like an expansion franchise in the mid '90s. Yeah. Uh, well, let's go. Let's go to the North then. Let's let's talk okay. about the Ravens. Okay. I think it's a pretty easy one, even though this guy isn't like a legend. Uh, well, I mean, I think it's it's Flacco, right? It's Flacco, yeah. Yeah, you know, I Dilfer mean, won a Super Bowl. Right. Everyone loves Lamar Jackson, but the resume is too short. But right, but He's not Flacco, there yet. you know, Super Bowl successful. Yeah, I mean, he was a starter for them for what, close to a decade, mm-hmm. maybe a full decade. Um, won a Super Bowl, got to the playoffs a bunch of other times. I'm, I don't know this to be fact, but I'm almost certain he's the franchise leader in, you know, yards, touchdowns, completions, all the major passing categories just yeah. because of his longevity. So, yeah, I think it's Flacco. I mean, he's not a he's not a legend in the way those four we just talked about are. And, and Lamar Jackson could certainly pass him if he continues on this track and they win. And, you know, but but he's not there yet. Like, you know, needs needs more years and. A, you know, a couple of deep postseason runs, I think, to get there. Yeah. So now let's pivot to the other Browns, or I mean the other Ravens, the Browns. The Browns. Um, Tougher one. Very difficult. Yeah. I, I struggled because, like, you know, the answer for Cleveland fans overall is Otto Graham. Otto Graham. But, right. you know, the guy was, was elected to the Hall of Fame before the Super Bowl started. Right, right. So he's yeah. There's then there's a couple others that we'll get to probably in the NFC that you could say the same. Like if we did all time, the choice becomes pretty easy because there's a you know an old time legend that I guess is that guy. But the game was so different mm-hmm. that that's why I went with Super Bowl era. So yeah, Browns is tough. Browns is tough because there isn't a lot of great ones. Well, I mean, I I haven't confirmed this because I crashed my computer right during that moment in the recording, but I believe Otto Graham is the all-time leader in, in touchdowns for the Browns. Maybe yeah, he's second question. now, but yeah. it's, yeah. yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to look, I won't, I won't crash the system since you're doing the recording. Um, um, I, I think it's, uh, it's not Tim couch. It's, no, it's not Tim couch. It, Definitely not. It's probably not Charlie Fry. Um, no, no, I don't you know, think so. I think, is it, is it Bernie Kosar? Or is it Bernie Baker Kozar. Mayfield? Uh, see, I was going to say, I think it's Kosar. I mm-hmm. mean, I, I know his, like, the first association of his career is, you know, the AFC title game losses. He lost three AFC title games in four years, and they never, they never got over the hump to get to the Super Bowl. But still, he was, that's the most successful run they've had in the Super Bowl era, is, the, you know, that four years, they got to three AFC championship games. Uh, you know, I mean, he's not an all-time great by any means, but I, I think it's him. Yeah, yeah. I don't hey, think hey, Baker Mayfield. You can say that yet. Well, I mean, maybe uh, in the future, but I don't think we're there yet. So here's my Bernie Kosar argument, uh, or not argument, but point of order. Yeah. Is Mark Sanchez the Jets' version of Bernie Kosar? 
because well, they were successful. Way, I, think, <laughs> I think Kosar was was the starter for longer. Yeah, with the Browns, like had more good seasons. I mean, I'm looking. So, okay, first of all, your your question about his Otto Graham, the all-time leader in touchdown passes for the Browns, he is. It's one forty-seven. One seventy-four. One seventy-four. Yeah. Close. He is second all-time in yards behind Brian Seip, who maybe we should consider for this. Yeah. I mean, Brian Seip, not a legend, but I do believe he was an MVP once. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's one year. Um, but Brian Seip's their all-time leader in yards, second in touchdowns with 154. Kozar is third in yards and fourth in touchdowns. Their win-loss records are pretty – I mean, Seif is 57-55, and 55, Kozar is 53-51-1. So both two games over 500. Nothing – you know, not a real stark difference there. Mm-hmm. I mean, I went with Kozar, but, yeah, the numbers aren't that overwhelming, I got to say. Like, I, I thought they'd be better. They only had one – I mean, he was 12-4 and four in his second year in 86 – then in 87, he went 8-4 as a starter. He only started 12 games. He missed four because of injury, I guess. Um, and that year, he was the Pro Bowler. That was the only year he made the Pro Bowl. Like mm-hmm. I, I kind of honestly expected Kosar's numbers to be better now that I'm looking mm-hmm. at this. Well, he's in those commercials now with Baker. Right. Well, and he's kind of a, you know, he's kind of a cult figure because, mm-hmm. you know, he came out of Miami and... But, yeah, I mean, Brian Seip was the MVP and finished third in the MVP voting the year before. He was a two-time All-Pro. Kosar was never an All-Pro. It might be Brian Seip. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I I think it's a toss-up. You know, yeah, it it might be. I I, I don't know. It's a rather underwhelming group, let's say that. I mean, this is why the Browns have struggled to find success in the Super Bowl era, because... And really had a great quarterback. I mean, Tim Couch is sixth all-time in passing yards. Mm-hmm. And he's pretty well known as a bust. Yeah. Well, their all-time touchdown leader doesn't have 200 touchdown passes. Right. And Wait. retired in 1955. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. When, when the you know, as the game has exploded in touchdown or in passing in general, yeah, they're, you know, they don't have a guy with more than 24,000 passing yards. Is it, get that six years now. Could it be Jeff Garcia? Is that? No, I don't think it's Jeff Garcia. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, you know, I mean, you know, like you could make a case for a lot of. You could make a case for. I mean, there's a lot of just average quarterbacks: Vinny Testaverde, Derek Anderson. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's Kosar or Sipe. And yeah, I think it's Sipe. I'd, I'd probably go Sipe now that we've looked at the numbers. Yeah, yeah. Um. All right. Let's move on. Uh, to the Bengals. Yeah. It's another interesting one. So I think it's Kenny Anderson's my pick. Um, That's my thought too. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, you know. He's, he's probably borderline Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. He, you know, he hasn't gotten in, but I think he's a guy who could get in in the future. Um, mm-hmm. I think he was an MVP. If I recall the year they went to the Super Bowl with him, he was the MVP. Now, so was Boomer Esiason that year, but I think overall Anderson had a better career. I agree. I don't think Boomer Esiason, you know, his media persona magnifies right. his importance right. um, now. But I don't think he was as good as Anderson. Right. Um, yeah. You know, but Burrow has made a Super Bowl, so I think there is a comfortable, uh, you know, 
grace period here where, you know, Burrow's arc kind of regardless of how like the next couple years goes, if he can stay healthy and stay with the Bengals. Right. You know, could get there. Yeah. I mean, it's not a, it's not an unreachable star to necessarily be, you know, like man, Anderson was really good and might be a hall of famer, you know, looking at their, I'm on pro football reference. They're, they're all time touchdown pass leader. You know who it is? I don't. Who is it? Andy Dalton. Oh, the red rifle. 204, Anderson had 197, Asiasen had 187, so they're all pretty close together. That's the top three in yards, too, although Anderson, number one in yards. Number four in both categories, Carson Palmer, who could have could have been that guy there, but wasn't there long enough to, to really get there. Like he, The way his career started, you would have thought he could be that guy, but it, it never blossomed the way it should have. I mean, the, the Kimo Von Olhoffen sack. Yeah. It yeah. is really the defining feature to me of Carson Palmer's Bengals tenure because yeah, it felt like all moment. of a sudden he put it all together and then it all yeah. got taken away. Yeah. I mean, that was his second year as a starter. They were, I think, what, 11 and 5, 12 and 4. Mm-hmm. They had yeah, a great receiving core. Yes. Yes. I mean, yeah. It was, and that was. Like he came back and played well the next year, and they got to the playoffs again one more time, but it was just never the same there. And yeah, you're right. I mean, that's one of those like what if moments. If you're a Bengal fan, if you could go back and have that moment not happen, what happens with that franchise for the next decade? Yeah, for sure. And but and his career you. trajectory too. Like he, oh for sure. Yeah. You know. Could he have been a Hall of Fame type guy? Yeah. I mean, he had all the talent, all the talent, like unbelievable athleticism, great arm. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, he ended, he ends up with a really good career, mm-hmm. but not Hall of Fame level. And yeah, I mean, I think the the talent, the potential was there, it just didn't happen. Yeah. Uh, and so that le- brings us around to the Steelers. The, um, the impetus for my my thought on this one. You know, it's it's one of those things for their era and whatnot. You know, Bradshaw won. You know. He, right. he was Brady before Brady, right? Like, he right. he won, and he made it to the Super Bowl all the time. And, you right. know, but Ben Roethlisberger, the last two years, you know, it's identical to the end of Peyton Manning's career in terms of yes. arm strength and things, except Manning had a defense that could get him a Super Bowl ring. Right, exactly. You know? Exactly, yeah. He didn't have the supporting cast there. So, I mean... I go Roethlisberger here. I, I, I'm I inclined to as well. He's definitely a Hall of Famer. Yes. He's got yes. the Super Bowl. He, you know, it, it became sort of a caricature of of it, you know, how he was durable, but it was always fighting through injuries. But but right. really, at the start of his career, it was that. He, he just would get oh, gosh, hit no. and hurt and then keep playing. Yes. And he had that incredible mobility to like, you know, he wasn't a runner. But he was so tough to sack. Yeah, well, because he was big. Fakes. He yeah. was a, a, he was hard to bring down if you didn't hit him right, because guys would just bounce off of him. Right, and then he right. was he had the same thing kind of that you know Brady and Manning had, which was pocket mobility. Yes, he did. You know, yeah. like he yeah. wasn't gonna go run for you know twenty yards on a scramble. You know, but if but you took a wrong to angle, you were gonna yeah. go flying by him. Yep. 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 I mean. So I, I know, I mean, like, I, I fully admit that passing is different now than it was in the 70s when Bradshaw played. But the numbers are stark 
as I'm looking at them. Like Roethlisberger, 418 touchdown passes. Bradshaw, 212. Roethlisberger, 64,000 plus yards. Bradshaw, 27,000. Mm-hmm. Like those are those are gigantic differences. And I know, again, you know, I mean, so also pass attempts. Roethlisberger, 84-43. Bradshaw, 39-01. So, I mean, right there, you know, you, you see the difference in the game. But, man, those those are stark differences. And I just I just think, you know, to do it for 18 years, you know, got to three Super Bowls, one, two. I go Roethlisberger. I mean, it's tough. Uh, you know, it's one of those, if you want to, if you want to go Bradshaw, I'm not going to be like, oh, you're insane to say that. But to me, it's Roethlisberger. Yeah. And then there's really not a, there's not a third. No. I guess those two and then a pretty average group beyond that. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, you know, you're looking at like Neil O'Donnell, Cordell Stewart. Yeah. yeah. Like, well, I was going to say, do you know who's, who's third in Steeler history and passing yards and touchdown passes? I, one of the guys I just named. You just said his name, Cordell Stewart. I would not have guessed that. Yeah. I'm, I'm surprised by that. Yeah. 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 So, okay. I, I, I think we're, that division has a little bit more variety to it, but I, I think we're ultimately in agreement. Anderson, Roethlisberger, Sype, Flacco. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's move to the South. Let's let's go to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Okay. Interesting. In short short time, we got what yeah. 20, 26 seasons, something like that. Yeah. It's um, it's an interesting group because the most successful was you know in for wins and losses in one season was probably that Bortles year, but. Yeah, but yeah. I think you know the guy who led them to their first AFC title game mm-hmm. was Mark Brunel. That's where I'm going. Yeah. And you know it's so I I think it's him. You know Garrard and Leftwich, Leftwich and Garrard, kind of. Yeah, I mean, it's probably him and Garrard. As much as I love Leftwich, Leftwich was only there for four years. Uh, you know, and and was hurt for a couple of those off and on. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it never really it never really took off the way I hoped it would there for him and. You know, Gerard was there for nine years. He wasn't a full-time starter the whole time, but still longer, longer run. But yeah, I, I think it's Brunel. I mean, he was the original Jags quarterback. They got to a couple of AFC title games, I believe, with him. Um, you know, one in their second year of existence. I know they went in '96, lost to the Patriots. I think they got back another another time when they when Tennessee got to the Super Bowl. So, I mean, I, you know, not that I don't want to do this all based on, you know, who won the most, because that's not necessarily the, you know, the be all end all. But I mean, he's also the, he's also the stat guy. He's yeah. the leader in yards. He's the leader in touchdowns. He's the leader in completions. I yeah. think it's Brunel. I mean, yeah. and, you know, again, it's kind of an underwhelming group. They haven't been around that long. So, you know, there's not a lot of competition here. Yeah. So here's one where there is a lot of competition, and I'm curious because I think this is going to be, I think this is going to be one of the harder ones to be objective yeah. about. But the Colts, so, yeah. So you got Johnny U and Peyton Manning, right? And right. Yeah. you know, Johnny Unitas was by and large considered the best quarterback of the '60s, right? You know, late '50s, early '60s. Kind of the the modern day quarterback, as much as there was back then, you know, yeah. he, he threw it like it, you know, not like now, you know, throw it fifty times a game, but 
yeah, it was it was a different type of quarterbacking than what the league had seen before. And he he led them to two titles in the pre Super Bowl era, but then back to Super Bowl three and five, right, right, uh, winning Super Bowl five. So winning Super Bowl five, yeah. Now to to be you know a quick to be fair. He was injured most of the year they went to Super Bowl three. Earl Morrill was the starting quarterback. True, true. He played at the end, but but yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, okay, I don't No, and you're no, and you're right. Days, you're right. Um I I'm assuming that, you know, your fandom would, would never let you not pick Peyton Manning here. I mean it's it's not gonna. I, you know, so so here's here's my my reasoning beyond just saying, you know, Peyton Manning's my favorite player of all time, which he is. Um, you know, the, the franchise was kind of resurrected by Peyton Manning. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they were, they sucked for most of the nineties. They were the franchise that, you know, is the famous Trev Alberts, who the hell is Mel Kuyper? You know, I mean, that's, that was the, you know, the highlight of the Indianapolis Colts there, you know, for a long time. And, and, you know, they're probably not in Indianapolis without Peyton Manning. They yeah. probably would have moved. Um, they got a new stadium and, and, you know, became such a big thing. And I mean, you know, this is one very much like Roethlisberger and Bradshaw. If you want to go with the, with the old school guy, I'm not going to argue with you. I'm not going to say, you know, you're crazy to do that. Um, but I'm going to go, I mean, I just, I feel like today's quarterback is a better quarterback than, you know, I mean, the game has changed, but you also just have a higher form of playmaking. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to err on that side if it's a toss up. And, and the same way I aired on the side with Roethlisberger, I'm going to do the same with Manning. Yeah, and I, I think that's fair. Um, I I ultimately came down on the Manning side because uh, for as much as I said, you know, Unitas was considered the best quarterback right. of the late 50s, early 60s. Manning was largely considered the best cerebral quarterback. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. It, he... He got hurt more than Brady. He got hit more than Brady, but his supporting right. cast was also the number of Hall of Famers on the Colts is going to be dwarfed by the number of Hall of Famers on the Patriots. Both sides of the ball. Uh, yeah, certainly, certainly on defense. I would say. I mean, mm-hmm. there's already two on the on the Patriots defensive group that are in the Hall of Fame. There's probably others coming. Uh, you know, I mean, Dwight Freeney will probably be a Hall of Famer from that Colts defense, but I don't think there's anybody else. Then yeah. you'll say, you despite know, okay, Bob Sanders' playoff skills. Right. I mean, if Bob Sanders could have stayed healthy for more than like seven games at a time, he could have been. He was that good. But yeah, he, he was so rarely on the field. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and Robert Mathis is uh, maybe a borderline Hall of Famer. I don't know if he'll ever get in. He's in the mix, I suppose. But yeah, I mean, I, you know, and uh, I don't know. I mean, it's a. It's like I said, it's a toss up. I, you know, I, the, the cop out answer is, you know, give me Johnny Unitas for the Baltimore Colts. Give me Peyton Manning for the Indianapolis Colts and everybody's happy. Yeah. Um, you know, we're works not for me. That. I won't, works I won't for me. do the cop out answer. But, I, I'm but that's taking the, it. <laughs> that's the easy way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Look uh, at them as two different franchises. Well, now let's pivot and talk about perhaps the greatest quarterback franchise on our whole list, the Houston Texans. <laughs> This is one where, once again, like the the group isn't great, and because of that, I think it's a pretty easy answer. Well, I'm curious because I I wondered if you're gonna pick Watson because I think it's shot. No, I think it's shot. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean it it could have been Watson, 
uh, he was, you know, like we talked about with Lamar Jackson, like he's on track. Like after when the 2020 season ended, you would have said, yeah, he's absolutely on track. Um, but you know, his career in Houston is very likely done. So mm-hmm. I think it's gotta be Shaw. I mean, they got to the playoffs a few times with him. Never went real deep. Uh, I think, you know, they won one game, didn't they? Maybe one, yeah. once or twice they, they got out of the first round, but never got to a conference title game. But yeah, I mean, again, it's just not much else. Watson had a couple of really good years. You know, David Carr, the numbers are there for him, but they were bad. He got sacked so much. Like, he, he was not the player he was supposed to be. And that's really it. Well, and that's I mean, – David it, like, Carr is when you learned how a quarterback can be broken. If you exactly, if you don't exactly. – if you don't invest in, you know, surrounding talent and protect them, you can break right. someone. You can, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and you know, there's just – there's not many – I mean – like fourth on their franchise list of yards and touchdowns is Sage Rosenfels, who has 10 career starts for them. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's really those three. And yeah, I think it's Shaw pretty easily. You know, this is, yeah. this is another one that kind of leaves you uninspired. Like, wow, Matt Schaub is the greatest quarterback in a franchise history. But yeah, for right now, but they've only been around 20 years too. Yeah. So, you know, there's, there's time for that to change. Maybe Davis Mills will be that guy in 10 years. Yeah. Well, and now we get to the one that, for me, was the hardest. The Oilers-Titans. I agree. Because I think it's two guys, right? It's Uh Warren Moon and Air McNair. Zeroed in on the same two. Yep, yep, exactly. And for me, I will tell you, the issue I have is I didn't see prime Warren Moon. Right. But I saw prime Steve McNair. Yeah, yeah. And I, Prime I Steve McNair. Prime Steve McNair was pretty exciting. I agree. Um, I, I agree. Yeah, yeah. And if you want to go team success, got to a Super Bowl, got to one more AFC title game. Warren Moon never got to a conference title game. Mm-hmm. Crazy, weird caveat of his career, but never was past the divisional round. You know, McNair had more team success. His win loss record is better there 76 and 55 to 70 and 69 the the thing i'll tell you the thing that stopped me on this which is why i struggled with it ultimately i did go with mcnair too yeah yeah moon led the league in passing twice yeah which and he's a hall of famer yeah and mcnair's not you know so that i mean i had the same thought like on the surface you think you know like okay roethlisberger bradshaw I mean, he's not in yet, but he's got to be a Hall of Famer. Manning and United is both Hall of Famers. Mm-hmm. In this one, it's like, okay, one's a Hall of Famer, one's not. Steve McNair is not going to be a Hall of Famer. But Moon is a Hall of Famer in part because of the Canadian Football League mm-hmm. and in part because of what he, you know, his longevity. He played another, you know, what, six, eight years, I believe, after he left the Oilers. Had mm-hmm. some good years with the, you know, Chiefs, with the Vikings, with the Seahawks. Um, you know, so he's, and, and really the CFL, I mean, he won, he won, I think five great cups in the CFL, uh, you know, that it's the pro football hall of fame. So that helps put him over the top. I think if you just look at Oilers Titans, I go McNair, it's, it's close. And I agree with you. I mean, you know, recency bias, uh, you know, we saw McNair, we, we saw McNair be the guy you talk about Roethlisberger, like. McNair was that guy too. He was always mm-hmm. banged up, but he was always playing through it. And McNair was the first guy away. who I remember where they said, yeah, he didn't practice all week. He's going to play. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> remember the year he broke his sternum, and it was like every week he said, I'll practice every day. But he played every single game. 
Like, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, it was, it was crazy and it probably contributed to his career being shorter. Um, you know, cause he kind of, I mean, he had that last, what, year or two with the Ravens. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that was it, you know, he was just done, but man, he was, he was a warrior. I, I, I go McNair, but it, it's slight. It's another one that, you know, if you want to go a different direction, I'm not going to argue with you, but I'm, mm-hmm. I'm in agreement with you. It's McNair. Um, all right, well, let's pivot now to the end. Okay. Uh, we're at the AFC West. Yep. Another tricky one I thought was the Chiefs. It is tricky. I agree. Because of what Mahomes has done in a short amount of time. It makes it tricky. Yeah, because you think, like, it's Len Dawson forever. Um, right. You know, Famer, Super Bowl Super Bowl champ. champ. Yeah, yeah. You know, played in the first Super Bowl. Right. Um, one one Super Bowl four, you know, which was big on the heels of Super Bowl three to, you know, another AFL win kind of solidified mm-hmm. the equality of the leagues. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, Mahomes has been so freaking good in four years that yeah. it does make it tough. I mean, it, you know, like he's got an MVP, he's got a Super Bowl, he's got a Super Bowl MVP. Uh, you know, it's one of those that I guess you'd say like you check back in three years and the answer could very be very well be obvious that it's Mahomes. Mm-hmm. But right still, now, I think it's Dawson. I still tend to lay, lay yeah, yeah. I mean, Just the, the longevity. The sample size. Yeah. 14 years versus five, really four for Mahomes. Because most, I mean, most of his first year he didn't play. Well, um, and I and I think that if you do, you know, and obviously I didn't do this, but I would, I would venture to guess that if you took Dawson's best four seasons. Yeah. You know, or just four above average seasons of his career, and then compared that to how the league performed. Yeah, that's probably true. That that the gap between him and the rest of the league, you know, or the the average, mm-hmm. would be about the same as Mahomes about compared to league yeah. average. You know, yeah, that's 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 probably true. I mean, yeah, you have to you have to sit and look at it, and and yeah, I mean, that's what makes this that's what makes it tough but also fun mm-hmm. is, you know, I mean, is Mahomes a better individual quarterback than Len Dawson? Absolutely. I think it's pretty easy to say yes. They probably but, would have stopped letting the AFL play against the NFL if he had been the quarterback of the Chiefs. Right, <laughs> right. I mean, you know, like, and that's why I say, you know, check back in three or four years, and this is probably an obvious answer that it's Mahomes. If they continue to win at the rate there, I mean, his four years as a starter, they've been in the AFC title game all four years. They've been to two Super Bowls. He's won an MVP. He's been in the mix for it every other year. Like, you know, he continues at this pace. It will be obvious. But right now, yeah, four years isn't isn't enough for me to go there. Yeah. Now, if he was doing this with the Browns, I'd say it's enough for me to go there. That you know, but it's all you know, who you have to compare to. And you got a Hall of Famer and a and a Super Bowl champion to compare to, I think it's still him. Mm-hmm. Um, let's pivot to the Broncos. This one's close. You know, you got Elway, you got Craig Morton, you know, you got to figure out who you think it's close. Do you? No, I don't. I'm making, I was going to say, I mean, I, I said sarcasm, but I want to make sure it is sarcasm. No, I mean, it's El, it's Elway far and away. I I mean, even when you, even when you ding him some points as a GM for the last four four or five years, it's still, we shouldn't, but it's Elway, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, like, uh, yeah, I mean, here's what's crazy, and I wouldn't have guessed this, but second on their all-time yards and touchdowns, you know who it is? Was it Manning? It's Manning. 
mm-hmm. by, a, by a pretty good margin, too. Yeah. Like, LB threw for 300 touchdowns, Manning 140 with them. Next guy's 74, Craig Morton. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it, you know, Manning had a nice four years there, it, you know, all-time great season, but... Yeah, Elway is is the Broncos. Sort of in the way we said that Joe Namath is the Jets, Elway is the Broncos. Yeah. Well, and then we get to the San Diego Los Angeles Chargers. Um, it's an interesting one, I think. I I think it's you know obviously for me it's Fouts and Rivers. Yeah. You yeah. Know? I think it comes down to those two. And. It, it's hard for me to not say it's Fouts. You know, he's a Hall so of I Famer. Had the same, I had the same inclination at first. I'll, you know, it was one of those that as I quickly went through it, I'm like, yeah, Fouts. And then I'm thinking, I, in no way can I make a really legitimate argument for that, except just that, like, he was there first. I mean, Rivers dwarfs him in numbers. Yeah, but again, I, I, we've I, talked about, yeah, that's different. Yeah. But. But their, you know, their postseason success or lack thereof is pretty much the same. Bounds yeah. never went to a Super Bowl. Rivers never went to a suit. So there's not that like tiebreaker of like, well, so oh well, Fouts got him to two championships or something. They don't have that. I I know we just did this with Moon and McNair, and I went the other way. But yeah, do you yeah. think Phil Rivers is a, a a surefire Hall of Famer? Surefire? I don't think so. I think he will probably get in eventually. Um, you know. His numbers are so good. Like they're, mm. you know, the McNair, like McNair and, and McNabb, kind of from the same era, they were right at the, they kind of retired right when the passing boom really exploded. Mm-hmm. And so their numbers by comparison don't compare to these, you know, and so they'll, they will not get in the Hall of Fame because they don't have the championships and they don't have the individual numbers. But Rivers does. I mean, 59,000 yards, 397 touchdowns. Well, that's just with the Chargers. So, at, you know, with the year with the Colts, he's over 60,000 and over 400 touchdowns. Uh, I mean, those are those are pretty hallowed numbers. He doesn't have the Super Bowl or even the, you know, appearance in the Super Bowl, but I, I think he will be. He'll probably have to wait a bit mm-hmm. because, of, you know, Brady's going to get in and Breeze is going to get in. And, you know, like, I, I think he'll have to wait his turn some, but I think eventually he will be. Um, I, I mean, it's a, that's a tough one. Again, you can – you can make a case. I mean, Fouts played in an era. His interceptions are much higher, but that's the case for pretty much everybody from that era. You mm-hmm. know, you just you threw more interceptions back then. Mm-hmm. Um, it was easier to play defense back then. Yeah. And he was kind of the, the first great one with the Chargers. I mean, again, I told you, like, as I went through this, I thought, yeah, it's Dan Fouts. And, and then I thought, no, it's probably Phillip Rivers. He was there mm-hmm. longer. 16 years compared to 15, he won more games. He threw for more yards. He threw for more touchdowns. His completion percentage is better. I, I mean, I have a hard time justifying fouls except just to, on the on the eye test, I guess. Yeah, I'm gonna do here. We'll we'll differ. I'm gonna okay. go with fouls. I fair enough. Fair I enough. Think... Like I said, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna put him down or anything. Yeah, I mean, I think that he for the era. You know, Rivers, look, it's not Rivers' fault that he played in, you know, the coming of age of the greatest quarterback era we've seen since the 83 draft. But, you know, Rivers was not light years. uh, You know, Rivers was never in the clear cut top three quarterbacks in his career. No, that's true. 
that's true. I, I would agree. I mean, that's a, that's the tough thing about, you know, some of these guys, and this is a bit of a different discussion, but some of these guys were talking, you know, the, you know, Matt Ryan, Matt Stafford, Philip Rivers. It's like, you know, very rare. I mean, Matt Ryan wasn't MVP the one time, but you know, mm-hmm. you don't necessarily look at them and say they were the two or three best quarterbacks of their era. And yet their longevity and their production is incredible. So how do we judge that over time? I don't know. You know, I, I, and I guess that's the beauty of having, you know, the five year waiting and two of those guys are still playing. So we have, you know, more than five years to determine it, but you know, it's, it's tough. I mean, cause you could say, okay, well, Rivers, did he just put up a bunch of stats? Yeah. Um, but you know, if it was that easy to do, wouldn't everybody do it? And, and yeah, more people are doing it, but his numbers are still like the elite of the elite. He's top 10 all time in every category. Yeah. I, look, I, I don't think there's a wrong answer here. It's No, I don't either. You know. And again, trust me, I'm not a Phil Rivers guy. Like mm-hmm. this, you know, you talk about Peyton Manning and am I, you know, is my bias. Like, I don't have a bias toward Phil Rivers. I didn't hate him, mm-hmm. but he certainly wasn't my favorite player. I never rooted for him necessarily. Well, of the um, three guys in that draft, I think he was probably your least favorite. For sure, for sure. Mine, yeah, I think I mean, mine too. I, I loved Eli and I loved Roethlisberger, you know, so yeah, no, no doubt about that. And the only times I ever rooted for Phillip Rivers were when they played the Patriots in the postseason, that AFC title game where he had the torn ACL. And then just a couple years ago when they were in LA, I know they played the Pats and got rolled. Um, you know, that was about it. Was never really a big fan of his, but I, I don't know. That's a, it's a tough one. Like I said, I, I'm, I'm more than respectful of choosing fouls. Um, this one is an interesting one. The L.A., Oakland, Las Vegas Raiders. Las Vegas Raiders, yes. So I think it's Stabler. But before we get into, like, him, Daryl LaMonica kind of revolutionized the passing game. He did. Rich Gannon, MVP, and Jim Plunkett. Like, that's a team with a lot of pretty good quarterbacks. It is. It's an interesting group because, yeah, there's not, like, a – obvious you know john elway dan marino level legend um but it's also not you know the cleveland browns where you're like wow it's mostly you know a collection of average yeah they've had a they've had a decent little run of you know i mean stabler's a hall of famer now uh, you know plunkett won two super bowls gannon was an mvp took him to a super bowl mm-hmm. uh, and stabler was an mvp he won mvp at 74 um, you know so I think it's Stabler too, and part of it. I mean, and I, you know, this is just this sort of Namath in the Jets. Like he he embodied the Raiders, like his his sort of you know rogue image. Uh, he was a perfect Raider, mm-hmm. and and he's the guy you think of. Like you don't think of Jim Plunkett. Jim Plunkett won two Super Bowls there, but uh, you know, quick name association Raiders of the seventies and eighties. You think of Ken Stabler. Mm-hmm. For sure. It's it's John Madden, Ken Stabler. Yeah. That's yeah, the Raiders. That's an intangible thing, you know, and it's one of those things you could easily be like, well, big deal. But to me, that matters. Like, he's the guy you, you associate with, you know, and I mean, the team success, they made, I think, six or seven straight AFC title games, only got to one Super Bowl and won it. But I mean, they were consistently great in that era. And, you know, I'm glad he finally got in the Hall of Fame well past time for him to get in unfortunately you know waited till after he died to put him in Mm -hmm. um but deserved and so i I go with him now here's the 
I mean, and I, this is a prime example of the numbers being inflated now. Derek Carr is far and away the franchise all-time leader in yards and touchdowns. I would not have guessed that. Yeah, but he, I mean, he's been there for a while. I know. Yeah. I mean, I, it makes sense, but it shocks me to see it. Like, I, I, I expected to pull this up and see Stabler ranked number one and and Derek Carr to be up there, but, like, he's he's dwarfing everybody. He's 12,000 yards ahead of Ken Stabler. It's a different number game. Two. It's a different it game. It is a different game. I mean, I wouldn't put Derek Carr in this conversation yet. Maybe he will eventually get there. If he if good... he can get a Super Bowl, oh, sure. it, it flips sure. the whole conversation. Or but... even deep into the playoffs. You know, get to a get to an AFC title game or something. I mean, he, you know, this year was the first time he played in the playoffs. I know what a few years ago they, they made it when he got hurt right at the end of the year and he didn't get to play. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Which that's a Carson Palmer type moment. For that it franchise. Is. It is, yes. Yes, it is. Now, I mean, again, I don't want to put it all on win-loss record because that's not fair. But, so, okay, the yards and all that favors Carr. Carr's record is 57-70. and 70. Stabler was 69-26. and 26. Mm-hmm. It's a big difference in terms of winning percentage. Yeah. And LaMonica was 62-16. and 16. That's, Yeah. That's kind of surprising how good he was, actually. Yeah. It... it, it... It becomes a very interesting debate for the Raiders franchise. Yeah, I, I think yeah. ultimately it's Stabler for the, you know, what you said. When you think of Raiders quarterback, that's the first name. Right. You He's know. the guy. Yes, yes. But yeah, they have some good ones to choose from. And and yeah, I mean, that's, that's part of what's fun about this to me is like, you get the ones where it's like, wow, there's two great ones. And then there's really nothing else. Like the Steelers or the Colts. Mm-hmm. Or, or you get the ones where there's just like, there's not much at all. You know, the Texans, Jaguars, okay, they haven't been around long. But then the Browns, like, wow, there's not, there's not a lot of greatness to put our, but then you get one like this, like, wow, there's, you know, there's four or five guys you could make an argument for if you wanted to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, uh, it's fascinating. You know, we'll, we'll have to do the NFC. I don't, yeah, I don't know we'll if we up. can, I, I don't think I have the, the ability to do it now no 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 <laughs> i think i know what you mean by that i think no. um we will uh we will we will adjourn that for for a future time um uh, you know maybe next week maybe a month from now but but we'll we'll get to it yeah as you said the nice thing is nothing's going to change right you know. right in terms of on-field results uh you know we, we have until what the second week of september before anything actually tangibly might change yeah. And even then, it shouldn't change that much. Yeah. So we've got but stuff. some interesting ones in the NFC. And I'm just, just, you know, like I've looked at it, like there's some, there's some tricky ones. Yeah. Very. Uh, that'll do it. We'll be back. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk about, uh, I guess, seeding for the conference tournaments. and. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and by the next time we get back, it'll probably be the month of March, which means it's, it's NCAA tournament time. It also means you're one year older. I know. It's, yes. it's I'm not This is our it's our last recording when either one of us are thirty five. How about that? Yeah. Comfortably in the mid thirties. That's right. Mid, That's right. Mid to upper thirties. Yes, yes. So yes, a, an early happy birthday to you, Mr. Glicksman. Thanks, man. Uh, we'll be back until next time he's Matt, I'm Ben, it's the Ben and Matt Sportscast.